No, you haven't been here all the way to Easter. It just seems like Easter. Three weeks from today. Can y'all believe that? Three weeks from this morning. We have our Easter celebration, so I hope you'll join us in the efforts that we're trying to provide and participate in Easter weekend. Also, these cards, these are going to be available for y'all on the way out today. And I hope you'll take one or two or whatever. And they're just invite cards to give to people at work or wherever you find yourself shopping or soccer field. To put on the refrigerator just to remind them, hey, we're doing an Easter service. We'd love to have them. Well, this morning, begin again. I'm kind of in an installment right now, just doing some solo messages before we get back into a new series that I'll introduce Easter weekend. But today, begin again. I, I love this video. I was looking for Easter and stuff, and then this title just jumped out. I said, well, that's what I'm going to preach on. I, the Lord put it on my heart a few months ago. Beginning again. You know, that's what I love about the Christian faith. We get a do-over we get to start again in Jesus Christ. And the church said, I don't know about you, maybe you're saying, well, pastor, I came to Christ when I was four, five, six years old, and my life was not horrifically as bad as yours. And I'd go, right, and I'm so grateful. But for me, at 19, when I came to faith, my life was so radically changed. I so badly needed a Savior, but so does a four or five or six or seven or 12 or 80-year-old, right, church? But I needed Christ. And I've got to begin again. I've got to begin a new life, a new faith, a new orientation, a new authority in my life, a new power, if you will. But this morning, I just want to hammer down the thought when you leave here today, what did he talk about? Beginning again. You say, well, Keith, I've already become a Christ follower. And I'd go, amen. So you've already began again. But here's what I find out the more. That I'm a, the longer I'm a Christian, the more that I walk in faith, the more I experience the goodness of God, the grace of God, and the failures of my own flesh and probably your flesh, that sometimes I need to begin again afresh. It's called grace. This morning I almost thought about bringing back the old story but of, of what I'd done here before, and I will tell it at her resurrection service if she doesn't outlive me, and good chance she will. Her name is Zelda. But the day that I got up here with a golf ball and I hit her in the head with a golf ball from this stage when I did a mulligan and I said, I get to do a do-over. And everybody laughed and laughed and even Zelda said, that was funny. Okay, but here's the deal. Doing it over. You golfers, you know all about getting to do it over because like, man, you're like, man, my game stinks. Or for us like me that don't even play golf, we're like, we, we just know the terms and whatever. But do-over. I like that about the life of Jesus. Last weekend, we talked about choosing forgiveness, that it was a choice. And we are commanded, not option, to choose to forgive others. In this Christian faith, God calls us to forgive one another, but he calls us to begin again. Like every day where Lamentation says, great is his faithfulness, his mercies are new every other morning. That's what the scripture says. It says mercies are new every single morning. That this day, when I rise, that's the first thing I do. As soon as I open my eyes, it's a greeting. It's a praise. It's an exaltation to Jesus. How many of you have that kind of habit? When you open your eyes, you praise the Lord. Well, you're saying, well, no, man. First thing I do is go to the coffee pot and start hitting some caffeine, you know. Well, I just encourage you, back it up just a little bit. Go ahead and start with Jesus and then run to the coffee pot or maybe it's sitting by your bed. I don't know. Look at this quote that's going to come up. There's one by Howard Thurman here. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come. Wait a minute. The world needs people that have come alive. Are you alive? You're like, yeah, man, I'm alive. I'm, I'm looking, man. My, my heart's beating, you know. You know, it's always interesting. You go to the hospital, you go to the ER, and they, they do blood pressure, and they, 
do all these checks on you and they want to check your heart and they want and you know, you know sometimes you get over there and people's blood pressure has just spiked out of sight and other times you go there and it's so low and there's hardly a heartbeat but you're alive and i pray that sometimes what we find out is that we we feel powerless in this life that we live somehow we seem to be pushed down we we don't seem to change like we want to change or maybe we continue to repeat a, a, a pattern that's crept into our life and there's this sin that so easily trips and and besets us is what one of the scriptures would say in hebrews and, and what happens is these things that happen to us, they tend to zap and they tend to drain the energy and the emotional energy in life and the spiritual vitality out of us. And like, here's some things that drain you. In the morning, when you go to work, probably today you'll start. But when you check your inbox, are you, is anybody ever overwhelmed when you look at your inbox? Like, oh my goodness, look at all this stuff that's coming to me. And that's before, that's before 7 or before 6 or before 8 or whenever you get started with your day. And you just get overwhelmed. You're like, man, I want to begin again. I want to go back home. I want to come back to this office and I, or, I, I want, or I want to get an early start on it. I don't know what your habit is. But people facing the end of their lives, you know, they, they always find that what is really important. It's amazing, though. Sometimes it takes us to wait till the end to begin to do evaluation to find out what's really important when really what was always important was our life in Christ, our life with one another, our relationships. Just a couple of days ago, a, a friend, we'd had his uh, kids in student ministry many years ago, played golf with Chuck and Mark and some of them. Liver cancer has gotten him and, and the Lord has taken him home. And so this weekend, I'm, I'm praying for his family and just remembering them. And I'm thinking, Lord, I'm so glad that we get a do-over. We, we get a do-over in Christ. We, we get to have hope because of you. But listen to what Ephesians says. Over in the Living Bible Translation, he says it this way. I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe in him. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us. Does anybody get thrilled about that hope this morning? The same resurrection power, and this isn't even Easter Sunday yet. Okay, that's coming, living hope in a few weeks. But I just think about this power that's available. Here's what I like about begin again. It's never too late to begin again. Now, I know academically it can be too late. Do you know what I'm saying? You're like, man, you haven't done your best papers. You haven't done your best on your examination process. The semester has rolled on. The semester's got too far. You're like, could I have a do-over? Could I begin again? They go, no. Well, you can't begin again there. And you just like, maybe, maybe you flag it. Maybe you did some poor. You get to take it again. So let everybody raise your hand that got to take a course more than once. No, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> some of you are quick. Raise your hand. How many of you have ever dropped a course? Yeah, okay, because you did not want to begin again. Well, you did. You just didn't get too far in it, but maybe they got your money. I don't know. But here, here's what I know about beginning again. There's a guy in Scripture, and his name is Peter, and he knows about beginning again because he was pretty much into failure. He failed the Lord. The, the Scripture says that Peter denied Jesus three times, and then the, the roosters crow. And we, we know that great story from Gospel, uh, Luke 22, 61 through 62, where he goes, Peter, you're going to disown me three times? Oh, no, Lord, I would never disown you. I love you. Well, I think he did love him, but he disowned him. But Peter got to begin again. And we could trace through Scripture characters that got this, a do-over. They got, they got to start again. 
And here's what I'd say to you. If you're not in Christ this morning, you, you get to begin again if you'll repent, if you'll receive this glorious gospel, you'll receive the hope of Jesus, you'll receive the life of Christ into you, and you ask him to take over and be the Lord of your life, then you get a do-over. But you're saying, well, pastor, we're Christians. That's awesome. But do you have a need for a do-over? Do you have a need to begin again? I would say every one of us in this room, there's probably some area we go, I sure wish I could begin again in that aspect. And it might be this morning, the Lord's going to zero in on something that, you know, don't beat yourself up. That, that's not my goal is to try to beat you up. My, my goal is to proclaim truth that the Holy Spirit might convict you. He might change you. He might shape us together, but he might help us to take new steps in knowing Christ more knowing christ intimately knowing him better than we did the day before beginning again listen to proverbs 28 13 just write it down it's not going to come up in the notes a man who refuses to admit that his mistakes can never be successful but if he confesses and forsakes them one scripture says one translation says he gets another chance i like that the lord is in to grace grace costs jesus everything that we can begin again in him and we get a second chance. Have you ever been given a second chance? Sure you have. Felt good, didn't it? I get to do this over. The other day I did something that I'm just, I don't do. I, I was at a board meeting and we got there early and we were meeting with some things and then we had a little break before the big board meeting and, and I have this friend on the board. He's a dentist and he loves guns. He loves handguns. Did I say he loves guns? And he brought a whole arsenal with him. He took us over to, to, to a, a shooting range and, and we shot and I didn't, I was clueless, didn't know what I was doing. Except I knew not that he pointed at anybody, you know. And he just keeps bringing out firepower after firepower. And we were shooting. And, I, and man, at first, I got to tell you, I, I, I didn't like it. I, I wanted to like it, but it was a little comfortable. But by the end, man, it was scary. I was enjoying it. I had fun, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so I was glad because when I first started, I was like, man, can I do that again? And so I'm shooting this target. And, you know, I'm doing okay, but I'm not doing real good. But by the end, I'm not doing great. I'm, I mean, I'm not like our drummer. I'm not like a professional, like close my eyes and like hit the bullseye or everything. But, but I was hitting the target. I was kind of hitting the, you know, the chest part. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Anyway, but I, but, but I was doing better. I thought, man, this is fun. I, I got to do over. And I remember he says, hey, next time we have a board meeting, let's, let's meet just a little early and, and you can do it again. <laughs> I thought, good. I, I, I'll actually know what I'm doing next time. You know, maybe. I, I doubt it. But anyway, just a do over. Here's what I like about doing it over again. I get to release my guilt. I get to release my shame to Jesus. Have you ever noticed how shame will just always follow you around? How guilt will just try to push you down if you don't get it right with Abba? It's just the way the Holy Spirit works through this thing called guilt because God's trying to correct. He's trying to redirect us. So we come to this place like, Lord, I can't, but you can. Lord, I give up. And I think that might be a thing today. Somebody might say, you know what? I need to give up because I'm trying so hard and I can't seem to have much victory, but I want to trust Christ. I want to trust in that same power that you read about. I want to trust that power of Christ to raise up my attitude, to raise up my mind, to raise up my game, to raise up whatever it is I need to do. And I want to begin again in the grace of Jesus Christ. I begin again. See, but here's something. Sometimes people just stay where they are. They stay in unhealthy relationships. They stay in a job that they hate. And I'd say life's way too short to be pushed down, to be 
coerced, to be boxed in and stay there forever. I'd ask you to dream and to pray and to believe God for more and begin to step and begin to take risks when God calls you and the church said. Because God wants us to have a fulfilling life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life to the abundance of fulfilled. John 10, 10. It's just, it's the life of Jesus. Here's, here's what I'd say, and, and I'm hammering it, and I'm going to hammer it over and over, and we're going to get it. It's never too late to begin again in Jesus. You're saying, well, I've wasted my life. Okay, that's sad. You, you wasted, you squandered the opportunities God had given you, and you, now you're older. You can begin again. You know, for me, it was at 19, I'd wasted all those wonderful teenage years of influence and opportunities not knowing the Savior. But then, at that point, in, at university, when God changed my life, it was like, from this point forward, I have begun again. I have been born again. I can make a difference from here. And, and every once in a while, I'll run into a friend from high school that, uh, that walked with Christ in a passionate way in those years. And I think, wow, it would have been so cool. And if I'm not careful, I'll go, oh, I wish I'd have known Christ then. I wish we could have had fellowship then. But I was too crazy and too full of myself and didn't know the Savior. But I go, but I got to begin again. How many of you are glad that you got to begin again in Jesus Christ where you were? Yeah, I talk to y'all all the time. You know, you go, oh, man, you know, through this church, the ministry of, of the church, I came to know Christ. I came back to Christ. I, I, had, I put Christ on the shelf. Hey, we had our first child. We had our first three children. We had our first six. I don't think we got married. We got six. Anyway, uh, prophetic. And, uh, and, uh, but, hey, and, and then I began again. But, but again, Lord, I, I'm spiritually stuck, but I want to stay there. Spiritual darkness, it's, it's overwhelming me. Here, here's what I'd say why you need to begin again. Listen to these real quickly. Your experience in corporate worship in this room has become a little empty, a little habitual. It's become routine to you. I'd ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to light a new passion, a new fire, and to go after God in the next worship set that we do in the church set. In the church set. I mean, man, we have an amazing, anointed worship team. I'm so grateful for them and for their gifts that they present to Jesus and they share with us. It might be that... Uh, the patterns of repentance have crumbled and faded in your life, and you've traded that in. Don't do that. Sometimes the preach, proclaim word of God seems boring. And that breaks my heart as a pastor because I don't want to be boring. But I want to be biblical, and I want to be relevant, and I want to be passionate. And I want to point you to the living Christ and ask you to ask the Lord to renew you. When you, when you come to this room, when you open your Bible for yourself in your home and say, Lord, I want this to be a fresh encounter with a living Christ. I want to experience Jesus this morning on the pages of Scripture like I've never done before. In this Easter season, Jeremy talked about, we've been talking about, as Dave Garth, one of our elders, was, we were talking about white space several weeks ago. We were talking about creating that white space. Oh, how I wish that this Easter season you would have some space that you would just dedicate to Jesus. And he would somehow come in and fill up all those empty spaces. And this Easter would be your richest as you come into that you're more aware, you're more fully alive in Christ than you've ever been. And somehow your witness would be greater. How many in the church said, I want that? Here's where you could be. You need to begin again because spiritual advice to you from your friends seems kind of trite. You've become cynical of everything you hear. Ask God to transform and to renew your mind and give your mind a mind for Him. Ask God to give you the mind of Jesus Christ. 
I don't know. It feels like the solution is simple, but it always seems to kind of come back to me to a round of repentance, of biblical repentance in my life and your life, and I get back on board. Here, fill these blanks, and we we, we got to get on to this. We uh, came in a little late this morning, so I, if I ever land this plane, we got to go. Number one, God intimately cares about you, and He knows your every deliberate sin. Just write that down. God knows your every deliberate sin. You must also be ready, Psalm says, all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. I, I know that about God. He knows the sins that I will commit. He knows the sins I've committed, the ones that have been intentional, and they break His heart. He died for those. Look at the second one. Your every stubborn turning away. Sometimes we get a little calloused in our heart and we turn from God. And that's why I pray in this message today, God would say, but today I'm giving the spirit of beginning again. The third, your every desperate moment. Our, our God knows our desperate moments. In 1 Samuel 2, 8, you also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when he's least expected. In our desperation, God knows and he, and he meets us there. There's somebody in this room right now. There's several of you. You're, you're in a place of desperation. There's been a, a, a crisis in your health and it's got your attention. There's been a, a crisis in your relationship and God's got your attention. You, you need to be deliberate here. Let's keep going on. You're desperate. You're, un, you're every unmet hope. You've got unmet expectations and hope and we want to present those to Jesus. You're every cynical thought toward Him. I don't know if you, don't raise your hand, but just think, have you ever had a cynical thought toward the Lord? I hear those sometimes as pastor, and uh, it, it, it hurts, but it's where they are, and I always tell people God's not afraid of your honesty. Be, be honest with Him. Your every crippling fear, fill that in. Your every crippling fear, the next one. Your every lonely moment. I'm so grateful. I, I don't have time to read through all these verses. I wish I did, but this is for you to do Bible study and reflection on your own. But in our lonely moments, God wants to meet us, and we might begin again in that lonely moment. And, and, and I know some of you are saying, I'm lonely a lot, or I'm lonely sometimes. I'm grateful for the companion of the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful for a wife. I'm grateful for a family. I'm grateful for a faith family. That's why I encourage people to be a part of a church. You want to do life together. Doing life together just makes sense, doesn't it, church? Isn't it fun just to celebrate life and have life with other people that care about your soul? Okay, all right. Your every crippling, uh, your, your thoughts, your every crippling fear. I don't know what it is that uh, sends you to despair, but those fears can just kind of push us down. Your every lonely moment. Look at the next one. Your every overwhelming crisis. You, you got a crisis. I just talked about a through a, a few there. Health, financial, relational, whatever it is. But God is there to help us to begin again in that relationship, in that situation. Recently, it, it, there's some somebody had 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 a breakthrough in, in, in relationship, and I give praise. I, I I love ministering to our body and hearing people that get financial. Uh, prosperity and something happens and their finances turn around. I love it when they, they, they overcome a health problem that has uh, uh, paralyzed them. And now they're beginning to rise up. Oh, that's a, that's a good day. Or it's a young person that's been in, a, in an addictive, or maybe an older person, they've been in an addictive pattern and living, and it seems like it's just snuffed the life out of them. And they're beginning to come back and, and beginning again in Christ. Oh, man. Or it's just somebody that was lost. They were far from Christ. And they've come near. That's what I pray. Would, would you pray with your pastor? Would you come on Saturday at 1 o'clock, Easter weekend? 
And in this room, we're just going to spend some time around the altar, and we're going to walk and touch chairs and pray, and pray that God would fill every chair, and there would be people that would meet Christ. How many of you would agree with me in that prayer this Easter season? Yeah, that, that's a passionate prayer. Overwhelming crisis. Every dis- there it is, Psalm 69, your every despair. Listen to what the psalmist says. Rescue me from the mud. Don't let me sink any deeper. Save me from those who hate me. Pull me from those deep waters. Don't let the floods overwhelm me or the deep waters swallow me or the pit of death devour me. That sounds like a person that's in despair, doesn't it? And they got to begin again. Oh, Lord, I, I love that. And then I just got to give you the last one. Just feelings of rejection. You've just got some feelings of rejection in your life and you just need to overcome and that rejection has been powerful. That re- rejection has just ostracized you. That rejection has just pushed you down. That rejection seems in- unbearable. But there's good news. You, you can begin again in Christ to overcome that rejection. I share it with you, but it's a great truth that I learn and I, and I, I practice weekly. I exchange rejection for acceptance in the beloved of Jesus Christ. He has come near. I've experienced him as many of you have experienced him. Maybe all of you. I hope you have. And there's fulfilling grace in that. God knows everything. He gives us the breath that we take. He, he wakes us up. He lets us lay down. But let me move to this. You get these little black boxes. I want you to see this. This, this is important. This will be some fun Bible study for you. If you turn over to the, to the book of Exodus, right there at the front of the Bible, turn over to Exodus chapter 3. This guy shows up, oh, humble man, holy man, godly man, Moses. I've been contemplating now for about 18 months, and probably I will. Nobody put it on a long-term survey. Hey, we want to study the life of Moses, but uh, it's been on my heart. One of y'all put on there, you wanted forgiveness, and I've already got that out of the sheet. We did forgiveness last weekend, and we've got some other great things. But this guy, Moses, I I like him. Listen to what I think about Moses there in chapter 3. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro and the priests of Midian, and he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush, and Moses stared in amazement. I'd stare in amazement too if a bush caught on fire. And though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. That was even a greater miracle. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why is it that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses... I've read this hundreds and hundreds of times, but I looked at that, Saul, Saul, circle that in your Bible. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Now, as I look at that, I want you to see here, I want you to fill in this blank. God did not speak until what? Until Moses stepped away from his comfort and he stepped over. To the bush and it might be that you and i need to begin again and and we've taken some steps far from christ far from the church far from fellowship and god's calling us to step closer and i look and the bible said it says and moses saw he looked he observed he he took it in and as he took it in the lord met him in the bush God intervened. The the covenant God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he he met Moses in that bush. And Moses got a do-over. Moses got to begin again because you got to have a little back story to this life of Moses. And that if you really want to know this, because Moses basically 
he's given up and he, he's put in a basket and he's put out in the river and the Pharaoh's daughter sees him and she brings him home and has a, has a, a maid to, to nurse him. And, and, raise, and he, so he, he grows up in the Pharaoh's household. I mean, it's awesome. And, but here's the deal. But then he's out one day and he, and he, sees, he, sees, the, he sees them fighting. Here's the Egyptians and the Hebrews, and, and, and as they're fighting, he, he, he sees that he kills an Egyptian. So he, he ends up killing this Egyptian. He takes his life out. He snuffs it out. And then later on, he comes up and he sees some Hebrews, guys, because he can't stand, he hates injustice. And, and what he finds out, he was found out. You just got to read there in the Bible. It talks about, that there they were, they'd already, they, they'd seen Moses when he had killed the guy, and then he tried to cover it up. They saw, here's what I know, the, the book of Numbers says, your sin will find you out. How many believe that? Well, he was found out for that. You know, he's trying to do it in, in, in a good way, if you can. But the divine hand of God reached out. So what does Moses do? He basically runs, and he kind of stays on run for years. And yet, we pick up Moses later in his life, and he has his 40 years in the wilderness, and he's wandering around, and nothing, and, you know, at 80. But then God uses Moses in profound ways, gives him the Ten Commandments, and on and on, I love it. And here's what God would say, Moses I still got a plan for you. And you know, I want us to personalize that this morning. God's still got a plan for you and me. God's got a plan for your life. You're saying, but I've blown it. With Christ, we can repent and begin again. And God has a plan for you. How many of you believe God has a plan for your life? Even though you've messed up the one that you were living. But God lets us start over. Lord, he steps away from the comfort. But look at this, fill in the next one. God marked Moses with a, a new beginning. He gave Moses a new start. He gave him a do-over. Moses, I'm going to do a new thing in your life. I'm going to do it through you, Moses. So when, when I saw that, I'm like, God, this is incredible. I get to start again. You, you know, one time he's there with the rock and, and the water's gushing out of the rock and you see all these miracles that god does all through the old testament and the new testament and so this morning i'm thinking about we can we can stick our hands out and we say god i've messed up god i need help god i want to begin again god i want to long for you god i want to know you like i used to know you god can i begin again and the water the living water can begin to flow again i remember years ago the first time i ever saw it I was flying somewhere, and I was in the airport, and they were changing over bathrooms, and I walked in the bathroom, and uh, I went over there to wash my hands. and didn't have any knobs, and I stood there and looked at that, and I went, we got knobs at my house. We got knobs at the church I was serving at the time. I said, they ain't got no knobs. I sat there, and I looked, and there wasn't anybody else in the bathroom, and I, I'll tell you, I was perplexed. I went, man, that's a goofy sink. I said, I ought to fire that plumber, didn't he? And I just sat there and looked at it. And finally, a guy came over next to me, and he's standing, and he's doing this. I thought, man, that's weird. So, I st and I wasn't really paying attention. I went to the sink, and I went, like that. Nothing came out. He, and, I, and he left, thank God, or he'd been laughing. I'm just kind of going, like, you know? I know you're going, you're a fool. How old are you, old? And uh, so I did it. And then finally, I went, oh, there's a sensor. Stuck my hands on there. Ooh, like that. And here's the thing. I've washed my hands thousands of times on those. I still don't like them. Because sometimes you stick your hands on it. Hey, how many of you have been to one of those and you're doing that and it ain't giving you nothing? Like, the rest of you are lying. Yeah, I ain't the only fool in this room. I mean, I was just in the airport the other day and I'm going like this, you know. Ah, and I got another airport and I did this, nothing. And I'm looking around like, they're laughing. You know, like, ah, right, here you go. Give me some water. Here's why I share that story. This morning, 
I want you and me to position our hands under the fount of God. And let's ask God to fill us with the living water. Let's ask God to give us a, a do-over, a begin again. Let's ask God to begin a, a fresh flow of his Holy Spirit in our life. Let's ask God to fill us afresh this morning and to begin again in the grace and the riches of Jesus. Man, I, I look at that word and I, I, I get excited about what I see that he marks Moses with a new beginning. And as we look at this, I, I've got all this material that I really want to cover, but right now I, 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 I want to do it justice, so I'm going to stop there. I'm, I'm going to stop there. And you say, Pastor, 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 you didn't fill out the blanks. I know, when, when I, if I die before you, you bring your worship guys to the church, okay? Go, Donna, uh, fill it out. She'll be like, man, whatever, don't worry about it. Don't get over it. Uh, or or do, do get over it. I was like, don't get over it. Get over it, okay? It, it ain't really a big deal, okay? But I just feel like this is a good place to park it this morning. I think I've said enough to maybe prime your spiritual pump thinking about, I want to begin again. I want Christ to do something new. We, we could have talked about Joshua and about the promises of God, but I'm going to come back and do that another time because it's, it, it's too rich a content to talk about what we need to get. But what I want to do is I want us to stop right there. I'm going to, I'm going to ask Caitlin to come to the stage. And I, I just want to pray with you for a minute. I, I, want, I want to pray over the body of Christ. Look there in the middle of the page. I want you to circle it if you, got, if you take notes. Grace promises we can always begin again. I love that hope from Jesus that it's never too late to begin again in Christ because it's fresh, that God allows do-overs in His name, in His power, in His witness. I can start afresh. I can determine today by faith to begin anew to begin again if i don't deviate if i don't push off of christ if i allow him to be the center of my life but i want you to move down there look right under that is there any area you need to be intentional with about beginning again that's just an application question for you and me this week lord jesus is there an area that I need to intensify, that I need to get in touch with you, that I need to begin again on. If it is, show me, Holy Spirit. Lead me. Reveal it to me. Speak to me, Father. I know that the Lord will speak to us through His Word, through His Spirit. So, Lord, in this Easter preparation time, get us ready. In the Psalm 51, listen to this. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. I would add to the psalmist, my sin maybe has overwhelmed me, but may the grace of God overwhelm me more than my sin because I begin again in Christ. In Christ is a key. Bow your heads with me. Lord, I pray for times of refreshing this morning that, Lord, we would turn back to you. Lord, maybe we weren't run wayward. Maybe we've run in rebellion. Maybe we've gotten caught up in whatever. But, God, you said we could start again. 
Lord, the path that maybe we've chosen has led to destruction. But Lord, we can get on a new path. Lord, maybe we're on a path that you just can't bless. So Lord, help us to get on the straight and narrow road and follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Maybe we'd say, I've wandered too far. Stop. Stop where you are today and take a new road. Look back at the cross. Look up from where your help comes from and begin again in faith. Oh God, you're glorious. You're great. You're in this place. Lord, I love what Joel, the second chapter, the 12th verse says. Yet even now, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning, and rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious. He is merciful. Oh God, I love that about you. Your mercies are new. Your mercies are everlasting. I pray that the Christ Community Faith Family would return to you, that we would rend our hearts to you. Oh, Jesus, do a new work in us today. For we want to begin again in Jesus Christ. You are faithful. In the name of Jesus, God's church said, Amen. I hope that encouraged you today. Right now, we are going to do a song together. So I ask everybody to rise to your feet. Rise up, church. Rise up. And Caitlin's going to do a, a lead us in a great song. And I'm not going to come back. This will be our closing song. And when the song's over, the service will dismiss. But let's be as witnesses. Let's begin again.